What's up, everybody, and welcome to That's Fair with Josh and Marcus. I am your co-host, the Bebop Man himself, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as always, by the other co-host, Mr. Marcus Davis. Hello, hello, hello. What up, homie? Chilling, man. Oh, you know, the usual, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, we're just chilling. We had a good week this week. We had a very good week this yeah, week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. What did, uh, what did we do? We went to trivia. We did go to trivia. And we tied for first, ended up getting second, mm. but we didn't think we even got that close. Dude, I, did, I didn't think we were going to go anywhere after that first half. Yeah, we fucking, we didn't do horrible, but we did much worse than we generally ever do. Yeah. But I am. Um, you guys came through on that halftime question. Yeah. Dude, and that final question was easy as shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that, the final question was easy as shit. <laughs> Remember he came over to us? I was thinking about changing it. Why? Like, why? Because you... <laughs> you knew we was going to get it. That's why. You didn't want us to win, you bastard. Yeah. We had a good conversation with him, too. That oh, very a good. Yeah. Time. We need to get him on one of our other ones. Which is weird, because I would have never considered Mike to be that sort of person. I had talked to Mike before, and I had known that he had known some shit. But I think just the way that we see him and the way he mm. is. Yeah. I, I guess most people want to see that, but if I hadn't talked to him, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, very educated guy. Yeah, and the I checked out a couple more of the videos from that guy. CPG, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and that's some good stuff. And I was telling him that he hadn't really put anything out, like I won't say relevant, but anything that is worth really talking about in a while. But yeah. the shit he put out, was some mm-hmm. damn good shit. Yeah, for real. For I always real. anticipated him. So what all? What have you been watching, listening to? Well, start watching Wine Country. Okay. You know what that is? Yeah. That shit was fucking funny. Is it? Fuck okay. yeah. I don't know, man. I watched that trailer. Caleb was like, you should really watch this. And I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about Tina Fey? I want to like her way more than I do. I think she's really funny in a lot of her SNL skits. But I really think that where people know her from and love her from which is 30 rock she's maybe the least funny part of it but i think 30 rock is funny as fuck Thir- yeah 30 rock is funny as fuck i mean let's i think that's just funny not get it fuck. twisted she's not the star of the movie uh amy Poehler's in it uh maya rudolph mm-hmm. um uh what's the the chick well it's a, it's a few chicks from um snl that's in it yeah that shit is fucking funny i'm not gonna lie to you think about bridesmaids without I'm not going to even say the raunchiness without, like, if, if the situation was a little bit changed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, we watched that, and then I had watched Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So Dark Phoenix has been getting lambasted. Like yeah, they said, this I was looking at the reviews earlier, and it's very not okay. I liked it. And to be honest with you, if I had to rate it between, you know, because you, you can't really put them in the same breath as the first x-men because of the different type mm, um yeah. but between these four that came out to me it's either to me it's either the first or second best one so and then i watched the game last night yeah i you know my son tristan had told me he said this is before the series started he said i think toronto's going to win a six and i thought mm. you know i don't you know i used to, i was a big golden state fan the year mark jackson got fired I followed Steph Curry in college. I like I, I really like Steph Curry. Yeah. And I have a lot of family that lives in the Bay Area. So mm. I like the Warriors were one of my favorite teams. When they fired Mark Jackson, I felt some type of way. And I felt some type of way about Steve Kerr coming in. So with them running the dynasty, 
I don't mind it. It's not like it's one of those teams I don't like. But I'm very impressed by the way that Kawhi Leonard had more than Kawhi because you know, Kawhi didn't play a lot of the games this season. Like, he played a lot, but not mm. a lot, lot. Yeah. I'm very impressed the way Toronto took their team to the ne- next level. Yeah. Um, if they win this series, man, this might be a big upset. Yeah. But um, I would definitely think it was. Yeah, because I don't think any. Because for one, a lot of people suspected that Toronto would be one of the three teams from the East that may made it, but it was still Philly or Boston or Boston Philly, however you want to yeah. put it. And I think Toronto may have been that second team, maybe that third team, but for them to make it this far and and just saw ass whooping like the way they mm-hmm. are, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for Monday. <laughs> I can't wait for Monday. So anyway, what about you? They uh, well, they have a game on Sunday, don't they? I, I thought it was Friday and then Sunday. I think they they're skipping. I think it's three days this time. Oh, okay. I think I think they said Monday. Okay, cool. But um, I haven't watched too much. Uh, the only thing, actually, that that's a lie. I've I watched a couple of different um, TV shows and stuff. Like I finished up Glow season two. It's incredible. It really ends really well. Is it better than one? Um, or is it about the same? As an overall season, I think I like season one a little bit better. Uh, but there are things in season two that I think are definitively better than season one. Okay. Like they, they really developed the uh, relationship between Mark Marin and his uh, the, the girl who plays his daughter. Like the, those two characters. Um, they developed that, that relationship a lot better than the way it was uh, portrayed in season one. And they give a lot of the the background girls more to do okay. which is good because uh, like there are definitely aspects that I didn't uh, feel like they really uh, developed enough in season one they were really fleshed out in season two but the story in season one is better if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um, but I finished that up uh, got two more months next season yeah I know right I'm excited and then we saw I think we had talked about it if not on the show, we definitely talked about it last week. Uh, we went to go see Booksmart, and Booksmart's funny as hell. Look. Booksmart's funny as hell. Like I was telling you, somebody had said that they had gone into it thinking it was going to be like a male, I mean, a female super bad in that realm. Mm-hmm. And they said this arguably for them is the best movie of the year period of anything. Yeah. So. I can't think of, like, Endgame is the only game or is the only movie that I would say I think is better, but that's a little bit of that is tied to like my love of the MCU as a whole, and it is also tied to the fact that like I like comic book stuff more than I like regular. Yeah, like so, but I mean it's Endgame and Booksmart are easily the two best movies I've seen this year. Yeah, Endgame, Endgame probably is the best movie I've seen. Even though I have, it has flaws. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I still think that an overall movie is probably the best one that I've seen so far. But, you know, there's still a lot of movies that come out. And yeah. most of the movies that m- may be the best, best, don't come out until September or so. So, have yeah. the Oscar run. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll see. But, um, oh yeah, then I also saw um, Ma. Oh yeah, with Octavia Spencer. Yes. Yeah. And I would tell you this. She did great being a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I tell you straight up, she was she did a great goddamn job. However, I never I never have to see that movie again. And it's yeah. not that the movie was horrible. Yeah, it's just there's some things that just doesn't make sense yeah. as far as um, like for instance, if not even for instance, if your kid is gone every weekend 
and somehow you will have to know that they're at somebody's house. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, but other than that, the movie wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was just, it made me feel weird. And I hate feeling mm-hmm. weird because of a character. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, I don't know how to feel if I mm-hmm. that person. And there were some things that didn't make sense as far as, since it, since it is a small town, things that I would expect people to know. And anyway, but I have seen those two movies. It was something else, but I, I may you know remember it later. But um, between the two, go check out Dark Phoenix because I think as far as if you go into Dark Phoenix not expecting the movie to be a continuation per se. Yeah. Like, yes, you should think of it as a continu- continuation because it's part four of it. But there were some characters that were not in this one that was in that were in the last one. Yeah. But I think the story, a lot of people had a problem with the villain. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with the villain. A lot of people had a problem with the middle of the movie. I didn't have a problem with the middle of the movie. I felt that the movie kind of seemed rushed, but I felt like if it was any longer, it would have been too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did like it. Like, I really would want to see this again. I really wanted to see this again. But anyway, what do we have going on to this week? Let's go. Let's see. Let's look at the news. I've got... 11 topics this week uh and i pared this down because a lot of it is video game related which will probably next week for sure will basically be the video game show because it's all e3 related today is the day today is the day so let's go ahead and start number one this year's San Diego Comic-Con is going to be missing an annual tradition with Warner Brothers skipping its Saturday morning presentation in Hall H. That means the studio's next such geek offerings... No, that's a bad typo. I'm fix that. No one else is going to see it, but whatever. That means the studio's next geek offerings such as The Joker, Birds of Prey, and Wonder Woman 1984 won't be debuting new footage at the annual pop culture extravaganza. But the studio isn't entirely skipping the loud pop and geek culture festival from Comic-Con, as IT Chapter 2 will be part of the satellite event Scare Diego, according to director Andy Muschietti, who made the announcement on Instagram. The event going on... The event, going on three years, has become one of the highlights of Wednesday's preview night with a raucous and fun vibe in a more contained venue in comparison to the cavernous Hall H. It is also where the studio gave a sneak peek on the first IT and last year unveiled footage from The Nun and The Curse of La Llorona. The studio will show footage and members of the cast will be on hand for IT Chapter 2 presentation. Rumors of the unexpected move initially broke Wednesday morning on social media before before being confirmed by Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins in a tweet where she wrote, quote, We're so sad to miss you there, end quote. To offer a consolation prize for patient fans waiting for more Wonder Woman 1984 updates, Jenkins went on to reveal that promotion for the movie, which is set to be released June 5th, 2020, will begin in earnest in December. She additionally presented a new promotional image for the feature, showing off a colorful look at things to come. Comic-Con is set to run July 18th through the 21st, with Scare Diego taking place July 17th. So, uh, that's kind of big news that Warner Brothers won't be at Comic-Con because that's where everything is debuted as, as far as movies go. And I thought that was really interesting. So I think that if you, you've seen the trailers for the Joker, right? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. So I think when you look at the Joker, the Joker may try to make an Oscar run. 
Yeah. And I think it may be a bad idea for them to put it in Comic Con because you'll put that in you'll put it in a um in a different realm of like movies. the same pantheon as like comic book right. movies which don't get Oscar buzz. Second thing is as far as Wonder Woman, how 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 long do you want people to think about this movie before they mm-hmm. get bored of yeah. it? Yeah. So December is probably a good time um, because around Christmas is when you have pretty big budget movies coming out and people are looking for movies to see what they're going to you know, anticipate for the next few months. Um, it makes sense just for a fact for the fact that it is a uh, scare. No, scare Diego. Yeah. And it is coming out soon. Yeah, uh, it's September, I think. So, and you definitely want to put people on notice that don't forget it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. So I think that's it's a different realm. Everything else is more of a comic book like movie. Mm-hmm. And so even if they aren't trying to make a um, Oscar run for the Joker, I think that they are. Tr- they're probably going to try to change their image in a way. Mm-hmm. And so um, put them together as far as okay, we're not gonna we're gonna separate these from what everything else is and who knows what else may be coming up too yeah they may have something mm-hmm. up their sleeve yeah for sure so you know especially with marvel already uh acquiring warner brothers i mean warner brothers um um disney D- disney no no no. who did they just buy fox fox, fox. yeah okay yeah um they know that a lot of that stuff is going to be there whatever is going on with that so they may want to separate themselves from there so that people can not put them in the same realm yeah as Marvel or as other comic book like things. Mm-hmm. Um, th- at this point, they need to get a reimagining of themselves because we're looking at Warner Brothers and we're kind of laughing at them. And yeah. granted, Wonder Woman did ex- extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. Aquaman did extraordinary. But with they, and be honest with you, Suicide Squad worldwide did, did a lot ex- of money. Did a lot of money. Yeah. You know, up until Wonder Woman, that was your highest grossing, yep. you know, Warner Brothers movie. So, you want people to still have interests in Warner Brothers and not compare. Because mm-hmm. if you start comparing, there's really no comparison when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I have no problem with them doing that. I definitely have no problem with them putting it in Scare Diego because everyone is anticipating it. Yeah, Everybody yeah. is anticipating it. Yeah, that first one kind of blew everyone Man. away. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing that I really like about this in particular is I, w- I would like to see the movie industry move towards something similar of, especially with the, the big studios moving towards a similar tack that video game publishers do where if they're going to promote something like they promoted it or whatever, but they focus on one big title, like at E3, I'm sure Bethesda is going to focus on Doom Eternal. I'm sure that that's what they're going to focus on. So, and, and they'll give like little, you know, lip service to the other titles that they have coming out or, you know, whatever. But I really would like if Warner Brothers and Universal and Paramount and all these other companies kind of were like, when it comes to Comic Con or, or these big conventions, they just go out and are like, here's a giant look at one of our really big movies. And then. Here you go with the with the rest of them. Here's here's a little tidbit. So basically, no our, no oversaturation. Exactly. Because you and that and that could be a problem because if you if you come out with five or six movies that are hyped, mm-hmm. then you make people think, okay, wh- what should I watch? Because these movies are going to come out within the next three hundred sixty five days, most likely. Yeah. And so 
some of these movies are going to come out just like Captain Marvel and, and Endgame. You're talking about not even a month apart. Yeah. So, you know, and even though they both did extremely well, they did it extremely well because they were all part of the same story. Yeah. So even if you didn't know Captain Marvel had anything to do with Endgame, you assumed it did. Yeah. Most of these other movies aren't like that. So if they're different titles, different types of movies, then a lot of people aren't going to look at it as Warner Brothers unless it's connected in some way. Yeah. And you don't want just to have, you know, your the people that you are, you know, trying to get to watch these movies to, like I said, be oversaturated and not know which one I have to pick and choose. Yeah. So here's this the one I definitely want you to go see. Now we have these other ones, and if you see it, that's fine. But we put a lot of money into this versus saying all together with these six movies we put 1.5 billion into yeah. it. Yeah. And if you only go see one or two, we're gonna lose money. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. That'd be cool. I'm really looking forward to it, though. That's my jam. So, uh, number two. Following a trial that reviewed the financial history of Gold Circle Films, responsible for such films as My Big Fat Greek Wedding and the Pitch Perfect series, a New York judge has ruled that the production company owes $14.1 million to an entity controlled by the hedge fund Sandin Capital Partners. To fuel its growth more than a decade ago, Gold Circle took out about $76 million in loans, and as the maturity default date approached on some of that the lender cit bank grew disenchanted with the film company's leadership to get the loan amount off its books cit bank sold the loans to sandin sandton i hope i say that right whatever likely as a distressed price at the time before pitch perfect hit it big by reaping hundreds of million dollars in gross receipts gold circle claimed it couldn't repay for several for several years now, Sandin has been pursuing the debt in court. One of the issues was that the loan was technically taken out by Gold Circle Finance, a shell company that acted as a finance arm for the partner company. But that doesn't matter. Rules New York. Oh, but that doesn't matter. Rules New York Supreme Court Judge Barry Osterger. In his post-trial decision, Osterger wrote, quote, in short, the case is not nearly as complicated as the gold circle parties wish to make it. Manifestly, no lender would lend tens of millions of dollars to a subsidiary shell corporation without a guarantee from a revenue-producing parent, in this case, Gold Circle Films. There is a guarantee in this case. End quote. The other big issue in the case was whether Sandin had allowed the statute of limitations to run out. Gold Circle claimed it was insolvent by 2010, and that meant that the six-year window for bringing a claim ran from the time it couldn't pay its debts. So this was a big uh, deal, I feel like, because this is the company, if I remember correctly, that is run by, um, or maybe not run by, but was definitely started by... Elizabeth Banks and her husband. Gold Circle? Yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, and when I was reading uh, the... How much did they had asked for? It's like with compounding interest, they had asked for 5.7. Or no, they had asked for... It was like $14 million or something like that. No, that can't be right. So no. oh, okay. Yeah, what it was is they had asked for a little bit more due to compounding interest, but they only got the 14.1, which is what they had initially asked for. And Gold Circle said it was only five, roughly five and a half million. So, yeah, Norman Waite, I think is Waite. Norman Waite Jr. was the person that started. He started in 96. Oh, okay. Um, 
you know, they came out with some garbage ass movies. I'm not gonna lie to you, but um, yeah, some of this is fucking horrible. But oh, what do you think? Uh, I think it's when you get into the financials of how um, movies and video games and TV shows and all that shit is produced, it gets really too much for me to handle sometimes. But I thought that this was interesting, considering that my big fat Greek wedding was Huge. fairly big. You know, I think that that was up until a couple of years ago. I think that was the highest grossing movie never to hit number one. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty pretty big, and then Pitch Perfect was huge. And you know, like, I like Pitch Perfect one and two yeah. definitely. I've seen three. I really did like. I really did like one. Yeah, one is one is terrific. Uh, two, I don't think is as good, but I think it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fun movie, and and those movies made a ton like a ton at the box office yeah so uh it just seems f- I, I put this in here because it seemed kind of funny to me that like on the back end there are still people who like they don't pay what they're supposed to and it's a funny look at that because i mean people can shit on capitalism all they want but like this th- this is a perfect example of what people talk about when they're talking about bad capitalism mm-hmm. because people will take money and then just run away with it mm-hmm. um and I thought I thought it was kind of funny, especially considering, like I said, Pitch Perfect was huge, and these people were like, "Oh yeah, we can't really pay that back." Like, what did you do with that money then? What did you do with it if you can't pay this back? Because Pitch Perfect was, I mean, and and my big fat Greek wedding, those movies were huge. You're telling me that you couldn't have paid back your initial loan? I don't know. And then, because the funny thing is, see, his brother. The Tom Wade dude, his brother is a co-founder of Gateway. He's a billionaire. Oh, damn. Okay. And so he already has money, too. Yeah. So that makes you think, like, and then they they used to, um, took the money off with the parent company. Yeah. So then you start thinking, what kind of shicey shit are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, anytime you have a subsidiary company, I'm always thinking there's some dirty things going yeah. on. So, um, uh this is dicey stuff. Yeah, and 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 like I said, it's not, it's not like they put out like great movies, with the exception of Big Fat Greek um, Wedding, Pitch Perfect One, Two, and Three. You had White Noise. I think that was the next highest grossing movie they had. That one was with Michael Keaton, right? right? Which was highly disappointing. Anyway, um, but yeah, I I feel something is up with this. I feel like this is really shicey, and they were trying to move money around for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and end up getting caught out yep so and like you said this is the the bad part of capitalism but you know it happens every day yep it just happens to be much more money than being dealt with and what we can you know fathom mm-hmm. so yeah for sure but yeah that's mm. and so um just to let you know pitch perfect wow i didn't know this so P- pitch perfect one did 65 million okay Two did 184 million. Holy shit! And three did 104 million. And um, yeah, that's that's yeah, not bad. That's nothing to sneeze at. And that budget can't be that high. Yeah, because it's no. not like you had that many people in that you had to pay like that. So yeah, the production budget for three was 45 million. And so after you take off the marketing cost, which is probably double with the um, they probably made maybe 15 million off of that one. Yeah. But then when you look at like two. The production cost of that was twenty nine million. So they made stupid money off of that. Yeah, yeah. Stupid money. So they're doing some sexy shit. Yeah, for sure. So number three. 
Sony's Uncharted movie will be hitting during the holidays next year. Sony has set a 2018 20 or a December 18, 2020 release date for the video game adaptation which stars Tom Holland as treasure hunter Nathan Drake. An Uncharted movie has been long in development with the Hollywood Reporter to the Hollywood Reporter reporting two years ago, Holland was joining the project. In January, it saw 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg come aboard, following the exit of filmmaker Sean Levi, or Levy, whichever one. The latest draft of the screenplay adapting the Naughty Dog video game is coming from Jonathan Rosenberg and Mark Walker. Uncharted is going up against Steven Spielberg's big-budget West Side Story remake, which Fox is opening the same day. So... Uh, I put this in here because uh, we we had talked about the PlayStation Productions mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that this is under their umbrella because PlayStation Productions just became like an entity. So this is interesting to me, not only for the fact that it's got Tom Holland in it and Drake in the games is like a 30, 40-year-old guy. So, you're having Tom Holland play like a younger version, so that's interesting. But also the fact that uh, we talked about the PlayStation production. So, mm-hmm. now they do. Um, Sony does have all the publishers of it, so they they have publishing rights to it. My problem with this is what you just said. So you have a character who who you already know a little bit about. Yeah. And this is not who this is not who you expected to be. Yeah. No. Um, unless this is going to be some sort of like I said. In the earlier podcast, you make this into like trilogies or so, and mm-hmm. this is like not really. A, I guess you could say a, pre- a prequel, but I speak English, a prequel, but something that they start off and then as time goes on. But then in that case, you're gonna have to still change uh, change actors because he has to get older. Yeah. So I don't know where they're gonna go with that. This is one of those movies where I think people are gonna be very upset with because you you expect them to stay true to the game. Yeah. At yeah. least at some mm-hmm. point. Um. Now, the next part of that, as far as it going up against West Side Story, this could be one of those things where I think one or two things are going to happen. I don't think it's going to be any more than these one or two things. One, West Side Story is going to absolutely demolish this movie, or they both aren't going to do that great. I think it's that one. and Because I think that people like West Side Story a lot. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I fucking hate musicals, but, <laughs> fucking hate, but West Side Story was damn good. Mm-hmm. It was it was damn good. Yeah. Um, and I feel some some things you should leave alone. Yeah. Because you already made Romeo and Juliet into Red Side Story. Yeah. So, but Steven Spielberg is is doing it, so that may bring some people to it. Yeah. But name I think, recognition, yeah. stuff like that. But I don't think that they either either are going to do well. I think Tom Holland is going to be in the same realm as Steven Spielberg. You have name recognition, somebody that people yeah. are liking now. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think people want is wants to stay true to what the game is, and this is not what the game is. Yeah, no, not at so. all. I like Dan Trachtenberg, so because uh, Ten, Ten Cloverfield Lane was really good, and yeah, I it was. I believe he also did the remake of. Now I, c- I could have this wrong, but I think he also did the remake f- of the let me in i think was the name of it, it oh was, from um the remake of the swedish one yeah yeah that was good i think he did that and that, yeah that was very good so uh i like him he did um no that wasn't him Mm-mm, that wasn't him actually the first thing he had ever really done done 
with some uh, TV stuff. Like he did like a short, some shorts, but as far <clears> as like a real directing thing, yeah. it was going to be like uh, it was Black Box TV. Then he did an episode of Black Mirror, okay, in 2016. And then his major thing was uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. His next thing is going to be an a episode of The Boys. Um, I don't even know what that is. That's the one that's coming on. I think it's on Amazon. Okay, and it's about the superheroes who are kind of douchebags. Okay. Um, what's my boy from Carl Urban's in it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, I anyway, but but yeah, that's how I feel about this. I don't. I don't know. And see, I never played Uncharted. I know about Uncharted, of course. Yeah. Of course, I do. But, yeah, everybody knows about Uncharted. But I, I never played it. But but if I were going to hope for something to be a game, I mean, to be a movie, this has been one of the one of the, probably the ten games I would want to become a movie because that's it's Indiana of, Jones. I mean, and. I I always want more Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones mixed with something else. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that, I, it's really intriguing. Um, but I don't think it's going to do great unless this unless they come out with some good previews, some good trailers. Yeah. And but it's still going to be one of those things where if you don't know what Uncharted is, you're not going to fucking yeah. go see Uncharted. Mm-hmm. So if you know what Uncharted is, you're going to hope to see something that is that you expect. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Number four. Jason Reitman's upcoming Ghostbusters sequel is expected to bring back the surviving cast members of the original two films. However, it may be a surprise that one of the major side characters is also coming back, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver was recently doing an interview in this, on the subject of her upcoming projects came up, and it was revealed that she signed on for the 2020 Ghostbusters, reprising her role as Dana Barrett from the first two films. As per... As reported by Parade Magazine, she said, where is it? Sorry, hang on. I got another typo in here. She said, it's going to be crazy working with these guys again. Uh, and the the quote from the, the article is that she's also set to reunite with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in the new Ghostbusters due July 2020. So she won't reveal any details. Uh, oh, it also says she won't reveal any details except to except to confirm she's reprising her role as the haunty Dana Barrett. This quote isn't just a nice confirmation that Weaver's Dana Barrett is coming back for Ghostbusters. It's also the most solid confirmation we have that the original Ghostbuster, Ghostbusters actors, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, are indeed involved in the project. As stated above, the new Ghostbusters was always expected to bring back the surviving original cast members, but there's been no official announcement from the studios, the director, or the actors themselves. Weaver, confirming her return and casually mentioning how fun it will be, quote, working with those guys again, end quote, pretty much shatters any lingering doubt that the original Ghostbusters team will be back. So, so just to add to that too, just to let you know, mm. there's three other people involved in this movie. Okay, Carrie Coon, and she's Who's gonna. That? Um, Carrie Coon was the lady that played in uh, Gone Girl. She was um, the cop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not the cop. Um, yeah, she was Margot. Margot Dunn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a damn good movie. That's a damn good that movie. She was damn good. Um. I mean, it's David Fincher, you know. And you know who else, who else she was? Proximate Midnight. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was Proximate Midnight. Um, but that's not even the good part of it. So she's going to play a single mother of two. Okay. Her daughter's going to be played by McKenna Grace. Okay, I know who that I is. I know who that is. And Finn Wolfhart. 
Really? Yes. Okay. I'm. I'm. I was already on board because I, it was bringing back the original cast. But and they said that her family is going to have some sort of connection to the original characters. Okay. What do you think about this? Uh. Other than, of course, you know, I know that you're really yeah, hyped about it. Yeah. I. I mean, I bringing back the original cast, I think, is a good idea not only for the fact that it's for nostalgia purposes but also for the fact that part of the reason that i think that the the what was it 2015 i think that's right the 2015 ghostbusters the reason that part of it or it partially failed is because it did it had no connection to it and i have a i have a very real problem with 16 setting things in a universe or, or using a name to sell your movie when it has nothing to do with the universe that that original movie set up. Mm-hmm. So, like, in in the 2016, 2015 Ghostbusters, it's just like, let's just remake the movie with an all-female cast without tying it. Like, But, but they were saying uh, it's still set in the same universe, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, how are you going to set it in the same universe but not even reference the original movie? Which is really the biggest part I had. I mean, it was also kind of unfunny with the exception of Chris Hemsworth and uh, what's old girl on SNL now? Oh, on Kristen Wiig. No, not her. Um, Leslie Jones? No, not her either. Who's the other one? The the blonde girl, the one who plays Hillary Clinton. Oh. Um, what is her name? I don't know. She's funny as hell. She's really fucking funny. Oh my! Anyway, yeah, yeah, and uh, I liked her a lot in it, and I loved Chris Hemsworth because Chris Hemsworth, as we talked about in the uh, Avengers spoiler oh, cast, has great Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, yes. that's it. Yeah, uh, he has great comedic timing. Like he he nails comedy. Um, but to get back on on the point, it didn't have any ties to the original, which is, I mean, I guess fine if you're actually rebooting it but they had said if i remember correctly they said it took place in the same universe which to me means you have to in some way shape or form at least easter eggs or references to the old movies and it just doesn't and i have a big problem with that this is set in the same universe same characters i'm all on board so i i like the first ghostbusters because i was a kid and i liked it now watching it older yeah it was okay um, like it wasn't no, no, by no stretch of the imagination was it horrible or mediocre, but it was all right. Two was garbage. Two was garbage. I like two. Like two was garbage. And so we could go in the middle of saying that two was. Uh. Yeah, I didn't mind this last one. I really didn't mind this last I don't, one. I don't think it's terrible. I think that it like it got lambasted online for unfair reasons. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I but what you said is my whole sentiment. You had it had nothing to do with the, with that universe, and I felt that if you had brought that universe in, it would have done better. Yeah, I um, agree. I, you could because you easily could have done it. Yeah. It could have been somebody's daughter. It could mm-hmm. been, you know, or it could have been hell. It could have been a niece or whatever. I mean, that's what they did with the uh, the Ghostbusters video game. Really? It has all the original like characters and stuff like that, but they're like the the way that it ties in is like it focuses on you and them bringing you into the group. So then they can kind of like retire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you could have easily done that. Or, or even if, if they weren't even related, like you said, bring somebody else who, who was like an apprentice and they had done that. I think that would have been a better way than just trying to reboot a classic like that. Mm-hmm. See, things you reboot are either things that are like Batman. So when, when Batman was rebooted, Batman, 
they try to go in a different direction than Batman when they, in the 90s. Yeah. But then when Christopher Nolan came out, he said, let's try this shit over again in a whole different mindset. Yeah. Because this is a different character who had different um, um, origins. Mm-hmm. It's a comic book. It's different. Yeah. Um, but as far as movies, when you think about reboots of movies, either the movie was terrible or it was something that was that needed to be redone because the time what made the graphics better or made the story better. Yeah. There's nothing different about this. There was nothing different yeah. about that. Um, I'm glad it's a shame that Hero Ramis can't come back. Yeah. But yeah. I'm glad that I wonder if they're gonna make this as a direct sequel to two. Yeah. Which will make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um I have faith in Jason Reitman. Yeah, I agree. I have faith I, in I don't him. think I've ever seen a movie of his that I actively disliked. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I don't think there's anything that he's made that I said, this is anything less than a seven and a half. Yeah. Um, and because he knows how the last movie was regarded, yeah. he's definitely going to take more emphasis on making sure that this is not, like it still has his laughs and it still has his campiness, but, it's, but it brings you back to why you love the Ghostbusters. Yeah. And like I said before, I did not mind the last Ghostbusters. I thought it was pretty damn funny, um, but I still felt that you have it's no relevance to what we saw. Yeah, and especially for you to bring Dan 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 Aykroyd as a kind of cameo, I just thought that was just just unnecessary. Yeah, um, we'll see. But like I said, I have a lot of faith in Jason Reitman. I agree. A lot of faith in him. Yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. It's set to come out next year, so. Oh, we will see. Yeah. Number five. Over the last couple of years, the biggest producers, particularly in the world of television, have been signing massive overall deals with networks and streaming services, altering the landscape of the industry as power shifts from one company to another. One of the hottest names on the market throughout this entire process has been J.J. Abrams and his Bad Robot production company. Every media giant has been trying to get their hands on the filmmaker, though Abrams has taken his time choosing where to sign an exclusive deal. Several different companies have been in the running for the rights to Bad Robot, but it looks as though that field has been narrowed down to two. According to a new report from Deadline, it's going to come down to Warner Media and Apple, two companies in very different stages stages of their entertainment development. Warner Media has been around for ages, known for its producing quality films and television, while Apple is just getting started with its entertainment projects. This is interesting for a couple of different reasons. Um, but number one to me is that I remember reading that it was Apple and Netflix who would be the the two frontrunners. Front and now it's come down to Warner Media, which I would assume means that uh, Warner Media owns. Uh, if I'm if I remember this correctly, they own HBO and. Cinemax? Mm-hmm. HBO Cinemax is the same. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they own those two, but they also own um, Turner Broadcasting stuff. So TBS, uh, what is it? TNT. Uh, TNT, yeah. Um, CNN. Um, yeah. All of that stuff. So uh, this, would be, this would be a big, big fucking get for Apple because Apple is just starting to get into the whole entertainment thing. Um Whereas Warner Media, I think, especially within the sphere of, say, like HBO and Cinemax, they've already established themselves as like serious players. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't need the big name recognition of Abrams the way that Apple does. So 
it'll definitely be interesting to see which way he ultimately goes. I think that if okay, if I were him, I would go Apple because Apple has a lot of money that they are trying to invest in a lot of things. Yeah, and think about it. This would be their their main company, their main mm-hmm. uh, production company. Yeah, and what better person to start it with other than I mean, you could have a handful of people, and he's one of the handful of people to have. Yeah, um, it would also be great potentially because of uh, with Apple. There's not as much people, I, I don't think, who understand the the business. So he would probably, I, I mean, I would think, uh, I could be wrong about this, but I would think that he would have a little bit more control over what over, he can do. Yeah, the, the creative endeavors that he can take. And I think that he thinks about that when he's making that decision because you have a lot of hands mm-hmm. in Warner. And with Apple, um, I, I really think they want somebody to say, hey, here is what you have here's what we're going to give you you do it yeah yeah we're giving mm-hmm. you control you know we have faith in you because of what i mean what has he put out that has either not been financially successful or at least commercially uh, not non-successful yeah you know star wars star trek uh cloverfield mm-hmm. you know so alias yeah. you know so um I think there's a lot of potential for him to go with Apple, especially since Apple is just starting up. Yeah. And he has a lot of ideas. He has a lot of ideas. And I think that some of his ideas can't be um, brought out as well because of politics in, you know, in in, in, in movies and yeah. productions. Mm-hmm. And so now, hey, this is what I want to do. All right, fine. Do it. Because not like they are. They have so much money. Yeah, I mean, we say that, but we're dead ass serious. They have so much fucking yeah. money. Apple is like really only second to Disney. I mean, in terms of like their overall overall capital, Apple still Apple prints money. Yeah, like <laughs> straight up. I mean, straight up. I mean, they they have so much uh, potential with that. Um, I only can imagine what he, other than what he has, like in in the works. I, I only can imagine what he has in mind to develop with them with the technology that they have too yeah and that's another thing yeah they have a lot of technology that he could probably utilize for his movies or even shows or yep. things like that and they about to bring out their own um streaming service yeah he has so much potential to do yeah i agree and i'm not saying that he can't do it warner but warner has a lot of um baggage some yeah. things don't do well Mm-hmm. I mean, cause think about it. They sell on Warner Brothers. Yeah. You know, and so when those movies don't do well, you know, that could really, you know, cripple your your uh, your business. Yeah. You know, so nothing Apple has put out seems to had brought in anything bad on them. Everything yeah. they have makes makes money. Yeah. And no matter how shitty their shit is, anyway, it makes money. Yeah. Yeah. So we will sh- we shall see. I I wonder when. He's gonna come down on a decision because he has been the uh, the big name for a while. But who knows? Number six, Swamp Thing will air all ten of the episodes it filmed in North Carolina on the DC Universe app before completing its season and possibly the series on August second. The show, which originally had an order of 13 episodes, saw that order trimmed and the ending restructured abruptly while it was in production. New reports indicate that the change was due to millions of dollars in incentives offered by the state in order to attract productions, which were not honored due to a funding shortfall. Reports emerged this month that the series will not be picked up for a second season on the streaming platform. Cast and crew were reportedly notified late last night that 
Oh, well, when I wrote this, it was yesterday. So I guess it would have been late Thursday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. late Thursday night. Um, that the plug had been pulled on the series after just one episode had aired on DC Universe. The schedule will continue uninterrupted through August with new episodes airing every Friday morning as expected. It is possible, especially given the lack of response from the cast at this point, that Warner Brothers Television is exploring the idea of finding a new distribution partner, although given the rumors that the real problem lies in the cost of production, the number of potential partners is likely fairly small. The first reports of cancellations suggested the CW, where they currently air six DC Comics adaptations. Uh, yeah, but a series made for $8 million or so an episode would likely be a tough sell on the network. HBO, which has corporate ties to DC's parent company, Warner Brothers, has also been name-dropped. So this is interesting. Very. Because they... This was going to be one of their their big things, if I remember correctly, on the DC Universe. Because they have the, the Nightwing show, if I remember correctly. And... Uh, what was the other thing they had? Like they Teen had Titans too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Swamp Thing was going to be one of their real big ones because they played. Uh, man, they had who, Virginia Matson. Uh, who else? They had um, um, Crystal Reed. They had uh, those are probably the main two people that. Okay. Oh, Will Patton was in it. Oh yeah. So I mean, they had Jennifer Bills. They had Kevin a Durant. bunch of really yeah. really well known people. And so two things. Rotten Tomato, which I told you about Rotten Tomato, yeah. to, like you, you like it or you don't, and you can like it with a seven. Yeah. But it had a ninety-two percent. But IMDb it had an eight point seven, and it was an eight point seven with like five hundred um, votes. This was 3,300 people, Damn. so it wasn't okay. like yeah. people didn't like this show. Um, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, and the the justification behind it being, you know, that they didn't get their incentives, and it was it takes a lot to make is. I think justifiable for canceling it because I mean, at, at a certain point you have to make money and how many people have really subscribed to DC, DC universe. universe. Right. But, but you should have known that before. But yeah, that's one of those things that like you, you needed to look into this before you ever signed anything because I mean, there are literal production studios in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people moved here and built studios in Atlanta because they knew that they could get the thing and North Carolina like is just starting this out. So I would have done my research way better than that, especially right. considering you're a huge fucking company, like huge. Like we just talked about. Like, yeah. Hell, yeah. Like, uh, so this is really crazy to me. I don't, I, and I was really anticipating seeing this show. Yeah, too. I, I mean, I like, I, I don't like the comics, but I like the old Wes Craven movie swamp thing. You know what I mean? From what they said here, that this was going to be one of the best shows period of any comic book period yeah like they they put a lot of effort into this mm-hmm. and i know whoever produced it and and, and well, it's kind of pissy i yeah. would be kind of pissy about this oh yeah if especially if i were part of the crew yeah. or the cast like you you guaranteed me you know whatever my contract says i i would for sure be upset about this so and i yeah when i when i saw this other day i was in shock like damn we won't ever get to see this damn show yeah yeah, well, uh, I mean, I guess we have it through the beginning of August, so yeah. there's that. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> and there's ways for us to watch it, you know. Yeah, but. yeah, so. 
Uh, number seven. Elizabeth Hurley has been cast in the upcoming third season of the Marvel Hulu series Runaways. Hurley will play the Marvel villain Morgan Le Fay, a student of Merlin. The character is considered the greatest sorceress of all time. With a black crow as her familiar and the ability to enchant objects, manipulate mystic energy, and astral project, she is powerful and intelligent with a cutthroat wit. The role reunites Hurley with the Runaways showrunner Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. The duo previously created the series Gossip Girl, on which Hurley portrayed Diane Payne, or Diana Payne, during the show's fifth season. Hurley most recently starred in the drama series The Royals. She is known primarily for her film roles, including Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery and Bedazzled. I don't forget, she was also with uh, Hugh Grant, wasn't she? I think for a while, yeah. Didn't he cheat on her with the, the uh, prostitute? Maybe. I think that was her. Mm. But, do you ever watch The Runaways? Uh, no. Uh, I couldn't give less of a fuck, if I'm being honest. I saw the trailer and I thought, this is not a show for me. So I've watched both seasons. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got my mom to watch it. Okay. Um, like My sister's been watching it. Um, it's not bad. It's a, okay. I, I think it's a good show. <laughs> my thing is that I'm not sure how it uh, relates to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. There's some things that I think is on, it, on, it, it's on its own. Morgan Le Fay is on that game I play, that future fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty pretty cold. But uh, I like the show. I wonder where they're going to go with it because, like I said, I've been watching the show for the last two seasons, and I don't know how they can bring her in. It wouldn't make too much sense to me, but then again, it's comics, and they'll bring her in. Uh, I really want to see what she can do because when I tell you she's fucking super powerful, mm. she's super powerful. Yeah. And there is a character in the show that was actually in Doctor Strange. Like the like the movie? The movie. Oh, interesting. But, but it's not it's the same character but it's not. Like I said, so it's, okay. it's a different yeah. universe. Yeah. Um but so she's part of she was in um Sanctum and she's so she's powerful. Yeah, she's powerful. She she can hold the dark uh, thing, everything. Oh, maybe that's how. Duh, idiot. Okay, yeah. Okay, so now I can see. Now I can see. But now that, but I still want to know how they're gonna do it because the show is more focused about the kids and their parents who were part of this um, organization mm-hmm. organization that end up being corrupt. When you find out how why they were corrupt. I'll tell you, it's a the, the storyline of the show is very good. Okay, it's, it's it's very good. Maybe I'll check it out because I didn't know that Josh Schwartz had any hand in it. And I, man, super whatever. I loved the OC for the first like two seasons that it was on. I heard it was good. I, heard the first I, two I really good. liked it. Um, I heard Gossip Girl wasn't really good. I've bad. seen some Gossip Girl and I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's interesting. So I'm, I might check I'm, it out. I'm telling you, like my when my mom saw watching it. Yeah, I was like, okay, it's, it's all right because yeah. you know it's not like she's into this shit. You yeah, know? yeah. But the storyline is good, okay. and you get into the characters, you get into the relationships they have with their parents. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a good show, and it, and it yeah, you have some superhero elements, but it's more about the relationships, the yeah. relationships between each other, the relationships between their parents, how their parents got into it, because how they got into it was some fucking crazy shit. Yeah, and then um, what's old boy from um, oh. Spike is in it. Spike from Buffy. Oh, okay. He's in it. Um, old boy from uh, Nip Tuck that played Julian. Okay. He's in it. Like, they have some, they have oh, some a, good people. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. And I like Elizabeth Hurley, so it gives me even you more just of an like incentive. You just like Elizabeth Hurley. Anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Number eight. Jeopardy is not messing around when it comes to the leaked video that prematurely revealed that James, oh boy, I Holzhauser. hope I don't fuck this, Holzhauser, yeah, or Hol, Hol, Holzhauser, Holzhauer, yeah, yeah, whatever, what, Him. yeah, whatever it is, his reign on the show game show would come to an end on Monday's episode. Executive producer Harry Friedman told the Washington Post in an interview published Tuesday that while he can't quote or while he quote can't say at this point end quote who released the footage. That featured Holzhauer being bested by Emma. Again, I'm probably going to butcher this. Bocher, after a 32-game win streak, the Jeopardy producers, quote, think we know where and who and how, end quote, and plan to take very, very, very appropriate action against the responsible party. Holzhauer also said, quote, I feel bad for the viewers. It's not fair. I'm not sure what's gained by doing something like that other than some malicious intent. It doesn't really benefit anybody, end quote. Holzhauer was taken down by Bocher, a University of Chicago librarian who won Monday's game by almost $22,000 in the final Jeopardy round. The professional sports gambler racked up a total of... Oh, $2.46 man. Million. Yeah, $2.46 million in winnings over his 33-game run, the last game of which he did not win. I mean, obviously, but... <laughs> Uh, he was just 58,000, roughly 58,000 shy of breaking Ken Jennings' all-time regular season record, which he set across his 74-game run in 2004. Despite the fact Holzhauer's loss was ultimately spoiled, Friedman told The Post the Jeopardy producers, quote, were pleased and surprised that nothing leaked out before this past weekend, end quote. Oh, boy, that was hard to sit through. I shouldn't have written it like that. Um... Yeah, that was fucking nuts. And that's it's kind of shitty. And I tell you why it's really, really shitty. So when you look at the sweeps and you look at the like the month sweeps, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but as far as syndication syndicated shows, Just Judy fucking dominates. Oh yeah, dominates. Yeah. As far as um, certain time slots, like night time slots, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, they kind of go back and forth. But as far as overall, Just Judy dominates. It almost beat Just Judy. Damn. And for me, Ken Jennings bugged me. I don't, I don't like Ken Jennings. He, he, bugged he, me. he still bugs me. He still like, bugs me. Mm. And so, and this dude is kind of weird. However, I liked him because he was crushing folks. <laughs> and like, and I tell people this all the time, and I think I even talked about this on the other podcast. If you're going to go on a show to win money, why not try to win as much money as possible? Because yeah. you don't know if you can ever go back. Because yeah. the next game, it's like the chick that beat him lost the next game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you just don't know. So, yeah, he makes more than some people make in a year and a yeah. game. And and on average, I think most people, and I'm, I may, I'm guessing, but as much as I've watched Jeopardy, on average, I guess through the whole 35 years, damn, I'm, I'm old, um, <laughs> I think most people average probably about, give or take, $12,000 an episode, maybe. Okay, yeah. He's averaging like fucking 60000 70000 an episode. Yeah. You know, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's the way yeah. to do it beat them and if i know he's gonna lose it's really no point of me watching the game because now i'm not gonna see how much you're gonna beat them by yeah that's because that's really what i wanted to see like all right are you gonna beat them by like sixty thousand dollars today mm-hmm. or yeah. it's gonna be like forty five thousand? yeah and 
it loses the ump for me. He's a fucking dickhead. We go talk about dickhead people. The producer was a dickhead for doing that. Yeah. And you should be reprimanded for it because. Oh yeah. Um, he was the reason. It's like Tiger Woods with golf. Mm-hmm. People who had no care about Jeopardy watched this because yeah. of what he was doing. Yeah. And when you find out he lost, some people would still watch it to see how he lost and who beat him. But some people were like, "Oh, he lost. Fuck it. It's not just me watching anymore." Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, interesting, interesting stuff, to be sure. Number nine, Blizzard Entertainment has canceled a new game that was in development for at least two years. Developer David Gibson, who was a senior animator on Overwatch, started working on a mysterious unannounced Blizzard project in July of 2017, according to his LinkedIn page. He worked on this game for about two years before announcing his departure from Blizzard this week, revealing that the game has been canned. Reports have now suggested that this was a StarCraft shooter. More on that Nope. I think I just copied and pasted this. Damn. Uh, reports have now suggested this was a StarCraft shooter, but whatever the case, it's no longer happening. He said on Twitter, quote, Unfortunately, you'll never see what we made over the past two years. That's game development, end quote. Game development is a highly iterative and fluid process. It is not uncommon for projects to get canceled midway through development for a variety of reasons. Gibson did not offer any specifics on why this project was seemingly axed or if his departure from Blizzard is related. Um, Blizzard has done this before and I'm sure that they'll do it again. And, uh, I mean, like it says, you know, it, it is some, it's not a, uh, uncommon thing for this to happen. So, you know, it sucks that the team is, you know, losing people or, you know, whatever, but it's the name of the game. And like, like you said, you know, this happens all the time. Um, I still think a lot, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he left. And I think that when you see him again, mm-hmm. whatever he comes up with is going to be very closely related to what this game was. And that's what my thoughts are. Yeah. Um, of course, they had, and you know, this kind of goes back to the whole Swamp Thing thing. You know, when you realize how much production and how much money you're going to have to start putting forth towards something, sometimes you might as well just, you know, cut your losses, especially if you have other things that you're committed to that may make more money. And if you have something that, like we were talking about um, earlier, when things come out, hey, let's have this one big game that, you know, we focus on and here's some other little things versus let's have a couple big games Mm. and one may flop and then you lose money altogether because of that one thing. So, and it could have been an argument. He may thought, no, this shit is going to make money. And they said, no, we don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, it it could literally be a a ton of different things. Uh, And their, their actual statement, they said something, where was I reading it? Uh, announcing something before we feel it's ready stands the risk of creating a lot of frustration and disappointment both for our players and us, not to mention distraction and added pressure for our development teams. And what did we talk so, about a couple of weeks ago? We talked about exactly that. If you're going to make something and you're going to tell people it's coming out, make sure that it's either right and mm-hmm. you say, hey, it's going to be out in two or three years or whatever and it's going to be good yeah. or don't say anything at all. And I completely understand because Blizzard has come out with some damn good games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, even if the games that they put out now aren't quite up to par with the stuff that they were putting out in the late 90s and early 2000s with, like, 
Diablo right. and shit like that. Like, they're still solid games. Overwatch is selling fucking crazy. Yeah, crazy. Like, like I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. And then your reputation is on the line, also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you put out a, a game that people don't fill up is up to par for what you usually put out, they're going to be just as fucking mad. And it's better for them to have canceled it in the middle of development than to get it all the way out and then people don't fucking buy it. I'll give you an example of a, of a, of a um, company that, that was sort of like... You remember when we were so hype about um, about um, Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. and Mass Effect? All right, remember Jade Empire came out? Yeah, that, I like that game a lot, but it's not quite the quality that those two were. I think you have to get into the game to like really and like understand it and enjoy yeah. it. And a lot of people don't think they had the patience for that, and it was something different from what they were used to. Mm-hmm. That kind of hurt them. Yeah, and that what company was that? That was Bio, Bio, um, Bioware. So, um, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't fault Blizzard for doing anything. Because um, at the end of the day, you want to make money. Yep, exactly. I mean, it is. They are a company, and that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. So, number 10. Sony is skipping E3 this year, but the company is still offering up some new details about the PlayStation 5. It'll come with an SSD by default instead of a slower HDD like the PS4. Those are hard drives, in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, it'll support 4K graphics at. 120 hertz refresh rate for a much smoother look on displays that can handle the faster speed and game saves will in some way be able to transfer between console generations so you can pick up where you left off when you start playing a game again on the new console. The new details were reported by CNET which spoke with Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan. Ryan also said that Sony plans to take the PlayStation Now game streaming service quote to the next level later this year end quote. Though he didn't expand on what that meant, Sony did just sign a deal to work with Microsoft on game streaming tech, seemingly to help the two console makers compete against newcomers to the field like Google, which we'll talk about in a minute. Some of these features are designed to make the transition between console generations easier. It's not clear exactly how you'll be able to pick up a game on a new console and continue playing. Ryan suggested... It could be because you're streaming the game on PlayStation Now or because the PS5 is backwards compatible with PS4 games. But the point is to clear the hurdles to early adoption. Uh, well, let's see. Sony Sony's PlayStation 5 is expected to arrive next year. Sony hasn't made any formal announcements about the console yet, but it has revealed a handful of specs and details in interviews executives have done in the lead-up to E3. So far, we know the PS5 will support 8K graphics and Roth run off an 8-core CPU based on AMD's Risen chips with a GPU based on AMD's Radeon hardware. It'll support ray tracing and there will be a chip for 3D audio. So, just for some, uh, I guess, just for some, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm trying to think of the word. I can't, I, like, I can't come up with it. Um, to to kind of give you, like, I guess, an idea of, of what they're talking about, this PC that I built has a Risen chip as the CPU, and it has a uh, Radeon graphic card. So it will, this will be not, maybe not as powerful as, like, the PC that I've built, but there's always been that gap with... Consoles aren't as powerful as PCs. The graphics aren't as good, blah, blah, blah. But the way that he's been talking about this is this will be about as powerful as like a mid-range PC is now. 
a mid-range PC. Yeah, yeah, because the high-end shit, like you're getting into like, like Thousands. with yeah, with with AMD's uh, chipset, they have this one called the Threadripper, which is like, I think they have two of them. One's like a 16 core and one's a 32 core, and that processor alone is over a thousand dollars. So. Um, this will definitely be more close to like the mid-range thing, and I don't remember. I didn't put it in here, but uh, one of the things that the uh, the lead designer on the PS5 had said um, in I don't remember what the article was, but he had said something about how people's expectations on the price should be tempered because it's going to be uh, I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but it was an interesting quote basically insinuating that it's going to be more expensive than people think so but okay everything that he he just talked about that it has you have the playstation network you have backward compatibility yeah um they're not fucking around no they're so not. sony sony is not fucking around at this point they are in it to win it completely yeah and, i i really think i mean to to that point if microsoft doesn't wow with what they've got going on today in 30 minutes it's a done deal it's done it's a done deal. it's over and the only thing that can stop them would be google in the same token i don't think they can but we got to talk about that but um playstation is not fucking around and they i think what they are trying to do is to take away from some of those pc users mm -hmm. yeah they're definitely trying to grow their their install base for sure because to be honest with you I don't want to play a game on a, on a PC. Yeah, me either. And it's not because I don't think that it's good, but I feel like I have a entertainment console for a reason. I have a PC mm -hmm. for a reason. Exactly. And so if I'm going to play a game, I, and and like like for instance, um, if if I if I want to do two things at once, I can't do that if I'm playing on my on my PC. Yeah. Unless I have my phone or something. But if I want to do something on my game. And on the PC, I want to be able to do that. But with that, what's really going to kill it, not really kill it like in a bad way, but change the game, is the way they're going to do the PlayStation Live, the PlayStation for yeah. you to, um, whoever does that the best is going to win. Because, all right, so tell me if this makes any sense to you. So remember I was telling you that I still play like NBA 2K13 yeah, in yeah. Madden? Okay, my problem with buying another game and I, like I said I may have said this on another podcast is that you give me 60 fucking seasons on this one game yeah then within a year later I have another game that has another 60 seasons yeah. do you think I'm gonna finish these 60 seasons yeah like seriously yeah. Mm -hmm. so why don't you just upgrade the game without me having to buy another game yeah that's something that I think has been talked about with uh, in gaming circles with sports games in particular <clears throat> why not just sell me Madden as a platform for $60 and then every two years, give me an update that costs like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. Right. To give me like, like you can give me, update the rosters every year for free. And then whenever you have your big, like. Graphic change or something. Yeah, graphic change or brand new system for, you know, running the ball or whatever the fuck it may be. Then allow me to spend the money if I want to. Right. But but let me buy in with sixty bucks, and then I'll play your game for as long as, as you let me. Straight up, you know? yeah. Because so, if I have to buy another game, then I'm like, damn, I just ra basically wasted sixty dollars on this game. Yeah. Because I'm only ten seasons. Now, granted, I've had the games for so long that I've finished 
all of Madden's 25 seasons. I finished all 60 seasons of, of NCAA football. Yeah. But think about it. How long has that stopped playing? It stopped being um, in, in that um, existence. Yeah. So I had enough time to really go through and do that. But you're talking about basketball where it's 82 games a season. And granted, you yeah. get short in the season, but that takes away from it. Um, as far as the graphics and everything with this, this looks amazing. Yeah. And they already arguably have the best console. We, yeah, we, we talked sure. about this. Yeah. You know, granted, Xbox has better games sometimes depending on if it's their own game. Yeah. But if you have multi-console uh, games, PlayStation generally wins. Yeah. And so they are really in it to win it. But then we get to the next topic. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they were talking about Google. So, I mean, number 11, Google has finally unveiled its plan for the video game industry during its Stadia Connect event, a presentation that was effectively its E3 press conference. Google revealed some important details about the new service, including price and release date. It also announce the games that will be available on the service when it launches. While a bunch of leaks spoiled several of the more notable surprises, it was still exciting to hear about Baldur's Gate 3, which I'm super fucking excited about, uh, Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, which is the new expansion, uh, and plans for cross-saves in the la- in Destiny 2. In terms of details about the Stadia service, we learned about its subscription service, Stadia Pro, a founder's edition that allows you to access Stadia at launch, and what kind of experience you can expect based on your internet speed. While the aforementioned Destiny 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 announcements weren't the biggest games shown, we also heard about some other brand new games, including a new Darksiders, and learned that Rockstar is on board as a developer. Whether that means GTA 5 or Red Dead Redemption 2 or something else remains unknown, as no specific Rockstar games were confirmed for Stadia. Yeah. So, here's my problem with Google and the Stadia. Not everyone has fucking San Francisco internet. Not everyone has New York internet. So, what's going to happen to this when you're trying to stream stuff in middle fucking nowhere, Kansas. That that's my that's my big concern with with this. I mean, they let me see. The price was where did I see it? Uh, the founders edition is $129. The control the controllers for it are $70. It's going to cost uh, 10 bucks a month for the Stadia Pro. I mean, and well, I mean, it did say that with even with 10 megabytes per second connection you'll get at least 720 and 60 frames per second but that's not what i feel like people will be going for because you can get a playstation in gamestop in middle fucking nowhere nebraska and you'll be able to play the games at the solid 60 frames a second at 1080p without internet without internet so i mean you're already i feel like you're already cutting off some stuff but um, I don't know. I just I have a big problem with with what they're saying that they need to do, uh, or what they're saying that they want to do, um, simply because it is a streaming service, and I don't know that the infrastructure is in place for streaming to be viable. And if even even if it was, you're having to compete with people who have been doing it for years, like Microsoft and Sony. So. Why should I Nintendo? Yeah. Or yeah, and, and Nintendo. Why why should I jump on your platform? Why? So one thing about Google is that Google always wants to get involved in things. It's like for instance, their phones. Mm-hmm. Are their phones bad? No, their phones aren't bad. But there's certain things about their phones that are really really good. 
like their cameras. But your phone is basically like if I had to choose between a pixel and a note. Yeah. I'm I'm picking a note. Oh yeah, for sure. Um the stylus really does it for me, but in general, there's more things I feel that can be done because Samsung has been doing it. Yeah. You know, um and granted, you put your operating system on it, but they still have been doing it. Um I like the idea. Yeah. I like the idea because when you were talking about these places that have low internet, like in the same token, are those people the same people who are going to buy that $700, $800 PlayStation? I mean, you're right. Maybe. And we're assuming that, and that's a bad assumption, but maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, we, we have pretty decent internet over here, and I know I know several people who won't buy the PS5 or the Xbox, whatever it is, at launch. I know that I know that they won't. So, I, I, point I, taken. I like the fact that you can stream a game. Um, this whole disc thing is getting done with. We're, oh we're yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, did you see? I I don't remember if I had put it in here as like a rapid fire topic or not. But did you see GameStop stock is down to like five dollars a share? GameStop GameStop is basically gonna be irrelevant in the next. Yeah. I I say ten years would be nice. Oh, dude, and that's I think being nice. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't even think they make it another five years. Yeah, because there's no nobody for one. Most of the games you have are going to be on platforms that no one is really using anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You know, I, I I equate this to MP3. Yeah, I understand the point of view wanting to have the game and have the book and all that shit. However, it's so much more simple and less expensive. Well, MP3s were less expensive. I think once you're able to cut out disc, games will be less expensive. Yeah, because so. like now, you know, I have Google Play. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with playing, paying ten dollars a month, but I can listen to fucking anything. Yeah, anything. That's basically like buying a CD a month. All right. Yep. Because when it comes down to it, if I were to buy that CD in ten years, where the fuck am I going to play the CD? Yep. Versus now, or even in ten years, it's going to be ways for me to always play this MP3, listen to mm-hmm. it, whatever, blah blah. blah. Um, I like the fact that you can stream the games and you don't have to worry about carrying things around. You could, you may have to have um, like a USB or something to carry if you want to go to someone's house to play or whatever. Yeah. But that's so much better than just having a disc or even a cartridge. Yeah. You know. Um, but like you said, the main issue is going to be this: when your internet speed is low, how well would that game play? Yeah. And will you be okay with that, knowing yeah. that this is the case? And they give you your tiers. They gave you the tiers about how, how it's going to be as far as, you know, the way it should play. But still. Oh, and you also have to take into account with with the Internet requirements. Like, they they say that it won't affect gameplay, but what if you're affected? Like, what if you go to play competitive Call of Duty? where you're not getting the same, like, if you're not getting the same resolution, it's not as big a deal, I don't think, but what about the people who are able to play at, you know, 120 frames a second as opposed to your little dinky-ass 60 frames a second? Right. Like, you're not going to be able to compete Cause look at, like, it, at all. Because look at it now. Look at how, how many people just drop off on games because they can't keep up. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, I... I think there are a lot of problems with this that will maybe eventually get worked out. I think Google has a plan. I think a lot of people, um, I have faith in Google as far as the way they think. Yeah. But I don't have faith in the way that they bring out the things that they want to do. I yeah. think they really underestimate the, um, what's the word, the, everyone else. Yeah. Like, the, the, like with the phone. 
or, or even like Google, uh, what was it, Google Plus? Oh, the, 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 like the social Google, network? Yeah. Like, I had a Google Plus forever, and that shit was useless. Useless. It was absolutely useless. useless. Um, and then finally they shut it down. Yep. So, you know, I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to bring, you know, more. And it, it, it was a different sort of platform than Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter. It was more, it's supposed to be more technolo- technologically um, centered. And yeah. then, but nobody really cared because you have Facebook and yep. then Twitter, yep. and then and, and and the way that they were done was because basically all it was was just another variation of it. Yeah, you didn't do anything really different. Yeah, um, just like the phones, you didn't do anything really different. Yeah, not at all. So, I mean, you, I mean, we, uh, well, and especially since you made a phone where your operating system is on other fucking phones. Yeah, unlike Apple, who. You have, There's just proprietary. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're competing with your fucking self. That's yeah. kind of stupid. Yeah. And, and uh, actually, to that point, it doesn't. Uh, to me, it doesn't really make sense because every phone that you put Android on, you're getting money from that. Every phone that they sell. Period. Period. End of story. Period. Mm, I don't know. Well, I. I mean, I guess we'll see once it actually rolls out. When did? I forget when they said it actually is going to. Uh, um. You think we'll find out tonight? Today? Possibly. You may find out today. Yeah, if I don't see it in here, it, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, and I'm yeah. a Google fan. Like I'm, I'm a big Google fan. But uh, some shit is just mm. you just want to lose money. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to topic of the show. Uh, and here, TV Line released a ranking of the ten best drama series of the last decade. So from 2009 to 2019, right? Uh, and I just wanted to go through this, and we could talk about it because we like TV shows. Yes, we do. So, yes, we do. Um, so they had them listed in alphabetical order. And That's the, cool because then you don't have to worry about arguing who you thought was number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one was The Americans. and Which I've only seen two episodes of. Really? I've never seen any of it. And what I saw of it was good. Because I like espionage. Yeah. And this shit was sort of true. Like, yeah. you know, based on true it, things that could happen. Yeah. Um, they said the last two seasons were absolutely excellent. Mm-hmm. And they said that they both were um, Carrie uh, Russell. Carrie Russell, yeah. And what's old boy's name? Oh, I have no fucking They said clue. they both got, um, they both should have won Emmys. Yeah. For Lisa's last season. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard uh, nothing but great things about the Americans, but... I've never watched it. And that's a show that I will have to watch by myself because I don't think my wife could care less. Yeah, she yeah less. I think so. But Same I definitely here. want to see it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number two, they had, or well, I'm, again, alphabetical. So then they listed uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is great. Great. And when you talk about spinoffs, this is one of the best spinoffs ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. I'll say in my lifetime. Well, I can't even say it because we've seen shows that's before us. It's not mm-hmm. like sports, but um, what I really like about this is that if you go into Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. the character you see there, you would never guess Mm-mm. was this character. Yeah. This shit is so damn good. Yeah. Um, and once again, knowing how like that development of a character yeah. and going into it. And going into the little details of things, family members, how things affect that. This shit is so damn good. Yeah. This shit yeah. is so damn good. Is this, do you know if this is uh, still ran by Dude that Vince made Gilligan? 
He should have, yeah. Okay. If it's not, whoever is taking over it is like, damn good job. Like, damn good job. <sighs> this shit was damn good. It uh, is damn good. Number three, they listed Breaking Bad, so which sad. I think if, if I had my say in here, I think it'd be number one. Okay. We just use this decade. I mean, I'm going to go say ever. Yeah. We're going to use this decade. Oh, I mean, if we wanted to go ever, I think it's number two behind The Sopranos. Sopranos is hard. It's it's hard to say Sopranos is not number one. Sopranos is it is top hard. tier. Like just Sopranos, 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 The Wire. Um, I've never seen all The Wire. I haven't seen all of it, but what I've seen of it, I can't wait to watch the, the rest of it. Yeah. But as far as the shit that I have seen completely, yeah, it's hard not to say Sopranos is definitely not top one, two, three. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely top three. As far as this decade. And especially after what the fuck happened this last two years, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad is the best show of the decade, period. 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 Pound for pound, season by season, mm-hmm. this is the best shit of, of the decade. And I was hoping the, the, the other show that we had to, that we probably agree with that could have been number one is about to come up. I was hoping that this season would solidify it as being the best, but it didn't. Yeah, it still didn't make it seem it didn't drop from number two, but it did not go number one. Yeah, there's there was this shit is so fucking good, and I yeah. tell you this, I'm not gonna lie to you, I had no intentions of watching Breaking Bad. Yeah, me either, really. I don't want to see some fucking white dude fucking sell meth. That's fucking America. <laughs> Until you watch that first episode, yeah, and you see how it starts. Mm-hmm. And the second episode has nothing to do with the first episode about that, and then how he definitely got into this shit. Dude. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Like some of the best writing I've ever seen. Ever. Some of the best directing. Like I mean, this show's incredible. Uh, my lifetime. This is look. This is Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. It's this. This Sopranos. is Sopranos. Seriously, as far as dramas, this is mm-hmm. this is Sopranos. There's nothing else better than this. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. And especially, and especially for a a single idea. Oh yeah. Because yeah. we'll get to the other thing later. Yeah. All right. Number three they listed is Fargo. Uh, I've only seen season one and two. I'm on season three now. I'm on okay. episode. That's the one with Ian McGregor, right? right? I haven't seen it. Six of it. Okay. That episode. I'd make a case for this being number three. Um, let me finish this season. Okay. Because season one was so good. Season one is excellent, and I think season, season two is even better. Is even better. Yeah. And he, as far as the supporting character. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the best supporting characters I've seen on TV. Not just because he's black. I mean, it's not because of that. <laughs> but have you ever seen him anything else? Mm-mm. Okay. I've, I've seen him my whole life. I've seen him through the 90s. Okay. The way that he has, has changed his... And he, he his name is... Um, is it Carrie Coon? Oh, definitely. No, that's a chick. Um, okay. Gene Smart? No, definitely not. That's a woman, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Um Bokeem uh, Woodbine that's okay. his name Bokeem Woodbine has played a lot of like hood roles okay completely you, you would you would never guess that that's what he came from okay he did so well in this show and but not just him the whole show was so good yeah Um, this season is really good Uh, Ewan McGregor plays two characters okay yeah he plays twins. twins yeah and I think we talked about this a few podcasts back he can overact at times he can yeah here if he's over if it seems like he's overacting it's perfect yeah i the only reason why we haven't we stopped watching is because of just things that came up whatever but season two of fargo like you said it was, it was better than season one and season one was great great 
Yeah. Billy Bob. <laughs> Dude, murdered that role. Um, Noah Harley, man. Yeah. Noah Harley. This show I didn't watch. Yeah, number, I guess this is four or wait. Well, as far as I think. This is number five, but again, listed alphabetically. Yeah. So Friday Night Lights, I like. Everybody who I who everybody I know that watched this show said this show was really good. Yeah, I I don't think I ever finished it, but I liked it enough to where I was like, this this is good, this is good. I don't know that I would necessarily, I don't know that it would like, especially if we're talking all time. I don't know that it would crack my top ten, maybe not even my top fifteen, but of the decade, sure. But for as a solid show. It's a solid show. Oh yeah, I I think so. Because that's and a, uh, Kyle Chandler is fantastic. Oh, man. Kyle Chandler's always been good. Yeah, yeah. Every edition. I don't think you even remember about that. <laughs> I anyway, don't. Um, one. That's the thing that people have to differentiate between, like top tier shows mm-hmm. and like top ten, you know, whatever. Yeah. And a quality show. And I feel like this was a quality show for what I, what I heard. Like even if like there was nothing bad about it, but it wasn't like anything. Breaking Bad Soprano-ish but yeah. it was a quality show that made you want to watch each episode on like a like sort of like a soap opera but in a more relatable way yeah so mm-hmm. uh, number six they listed Game of Thrones like I said man if they fucked up this damn didn't fuck up this damn season this would have been the greatest show ever and and you would have to agree with me from mm-hmm. one through five one through six one through six for sure arguably with the exception of Breaking Bad and, and, and Sopranos, Sopranos the yeah. first six seasons of this is arguably the greatest six seasons we've seen in TV. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, seven and eight really kind of tainted the series. And not eight, even really seven, but definitely eight. Definitely eight, yeah. And, and it's not even that like we necessarily agree with the criticisms that are out there, but it's the quality of storytelling that happened, especially in seven and eight, is not as good as those first six Nothing seasons. Nothing compared Nothing compared oh. to the first six, six seasons. I'm, I, man, I'm. My heart hurts just thinking about this because I, I was hoping. We, I remember mm-hmm. I told you, I was like, man, this has to be, this has to do it because if not, Breaking Bad is going to be it. Yeah. I told everybody from the get go, until Game of Thrones ends, Breaking Bad is the best show I've ever seen from, from top to bottom. Because yeah. the problem with Sopranos, not problem. I hate to say it like that, but the issue out of with the Sopranos is that it's kind of a real life issue. This was kind of like real life shit. Like, no, I'm not in the fucking mob. Mm, but yeah. you can understand, like, everything is not a fucking extravaganza every 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 time. Yeah. Just like we talked about the ending of The Sopranos. That's real life shit. Yeah. It just it just happens. You know, you get away with some shit, or you may not. You don't know. You know, but in reality, you just have to live your life. Game of Thrones. Um, I would have a problem. As much as I love um, Peter Din- Dinklage, I don't think that he should win an Emmy this year. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody should really win an Emmy well, from this season. I mean, you could maybe make a case for maybe Kit. Maybe. I don't know about that either. But Nic- Nicolai Costa. See, I don't think he had enough to do. I just don't think that he, like, I mean, if you wanted to make a case for that one episode with, I think it was like uh, the one right after the big battle, uh, episode four. Oh, the day when he fucked her? Yeah. 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 Um, um I I don't okay, I agree with no one should get nominated this year. I think the only person that had an opportunity to get nominated in that last episode killed it was Cersei. Yeah. Actually not even that. They kinda she wasn't in it. She enough. wasn't at all. Yeah. They cut her out they like, kinda this entire killed season. It. But next show. 
Next one was The Good Wife, which I've never seen. I had no desire to see it, especially, you know, it's kind of based on a true story. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's based yeah. on a true story. I didn't know that. Um, I had no absolute desire to see this. But it was so popular that it has a spinoff that's on CBS Access. Yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, the, the Good Something. The Good Something, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to watch it, so. Yeah, me either. But anyway, good. Okay. Uh, number eight was Justified. Justified's damn good. Justified was good. Justified's damn good. <laughs> And, why it was good. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah, it was based on uh, Elmore yeah, Leonard, Leonard. Yeah. But I, I, Timothy Oliphant could basically do no wrong. I really agree with you. Like, I, I really agree with you. Have you ever seen Go? Go. Watch Go. Look up Go, watch Go. Okay. Go came out like in 90, 99. Mm. Watch Go. All right. I'll check it out. Um, did you? I I never seen the show. You've never seen that? I've seen bits and pieces of episodes. There's people who said that this is the best show, but then I kind of then it kind of faded off by the time Breaking Bad ended. Yeah. Game of Thrones was in its height. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mad Men is top tier television. Like it's not. I don't think it's as good as Game of Thrones. I don't think it's as good as Bad, uh, Breaking Bad, and I don't think it's as good as Sopranos. Sopranos. But it's damn good. I heard that. He's damn good. Yeah, John Hamm is fucking excellent. Excellent. I heard that everything he's won, he definitely should have won on. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but so and, uh, it, it's a show that um, how many seasons was it? Seven seasons? Six, I think. Um, I have to I have to go back and see if I once again this may be a show I need to watch by myself. But then again, I, I may be I wrong. I think it's definitely a show you would watch by yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, the last one that they have listed here is Rectify, and I have no fucking clue what this show is. I've never heard of it. I've like, I, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know almost anything about it. Um, like, I only lasted for like four seasons. Got really good reviews, but um, no, I don't, I don't remember this shit like that. No. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, yeah, I mean, so just looking at it, I don't think I have any problems with with the ones they selected except for the ones that I didn't know, honestly. Like I don't know the good wife and I don't know rectify at all, but everything else is on point, I think. Um so the only ones that would have come out in this decade that I would make a case for maybe making the list would be This Is Us. I think This Is Us is really good. Uh, it's super one of those like chick flick type shows. I I, I think it's very good. I'll watch This Is Us, the first season. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie to you, like the, the first episode had me in tears. Dude, it's um, good. Joe McRaney that that had me it had me in tears. Um, I got over what's the dude, the black dude. What's his name? Oh, I know, um, uh, Sterling. Sterling. Sterling Brown. Sterling Brown. Yeah. I got over him crying almost every episode. That kind of got old. Um. By the time season two came out, I was kind of over it. I was explaining to my buddy Reggie. I said, you know, my issue with the show is that this should have been a show that should have been one season. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I I can see that. Because you watch the shows and you can understand like how they added shit to make it more, make it longer. Mm -hmm. But in general, it could have been a one 15, 16 episode season. Yeah, Um, I can see that. But because it um was so popular you know they made it into something else um i don't uh, i don't mind the show especially 
um it's a good show yeah it's a good heartwarming show i don't want to cry like that <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i don't want to yeah. cry like that um what what else would you say um off the top of my head, the only other one that immediately jumps to mind is the American Crime Story, but I don't know that you would necessarily put it in the same list because of the fact that it is like a like a, a limited a, series. Sort yeah, of. exactly. Um, um, that's the only one that immediately jumps to mind. Well, how would you feel about Sherlock? I don't. <sighs> it's the same kind of thing because it was. Yeah, I, f- I feel like each each season or whatever is is like a little mini movie or right. not not a mini You're movie right. but like like it's an hour and a half yeah like a little mini, mini movie how you feel about what well, we talked about true detective and i think season two of true detective killed true detective i i think so too. and it still was more of like a limited series um i'm trying to think of what else has been out there that is that came out this decade so cartoons don't count right i mean we could make a case for them counting if we really wanted to Rick but and morty uh, oh, I'd, I'd probably put that under the uh, sitcom. Yeah, good so, point. Good point. Good point. Um, I can't think of too many animated dramas, to be honest with you. That's a good point. I, I was uh, forgot this is more of a more drama. Make this really quick. Um, one show I definitely wanted to watch, and I have not seen yet, was Peaky uh, Blinders. Yeah, I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen any of it. I haven't seen Westworld. Not enough of it, and. Yeah, I guess I'm cool with that. I guess I'm cool with that. I think that um, if Handmaid still had more than two two seasons so far, I would definitely put that up there. But it only has number no, third season just came out, so it's not really fair to put that up there yet. Um, how you feel about Homeland? Homeland is another one that I I I would probably put up there. I really like. Well, the problem with Homeland is it it got worse as it went along okay um i think the first three or four seasons of homeland are really top tier uh but it kind of lost uh some of the stuff that made it special uh like i said the further it went along so in general yeah i'm, I'm fine with that but so put like this let's, let's put it like this the top three of the ones is up there oh for sure uh breaking, breaking bad, bad game of thrones and better call Saul. yeah probably probably I haven't seen Mad Men, so I can't. It can't can't be fair. Yeah. But for the ones that we both have seen, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Cool. Um. So that gets us to rapid fire. Um. I've got a handful of these. So George R. R. Martin is working on that From Software game. So that's interesting. Very. Uh. Can't wait for that. I want to. I want to know what that's about. Can't wait for, for that. Real. Um. What we were talking about this before we started. The MCU Phase Four leak was faked. Um, most of it is fake, but a lot of it. There's a guy that came out with almost everything accurate about Endgame, okay. and he went quiet for a few. He did it in December. He went quiet for a few months. He came back out and asked one who said that the next. I think I said eight to you, but I think it's six movies mm-hmm. that's coming out. It's not going to include Fantastic Four. It's going to include, uh, of course, Black Widow, Black Panther, Black Panther. Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel 2, where the villain for the next phase should be in her movie. Because okay. her movie is supposed to be set between in that five-year span. Okay. Um, and then the Eternals, and then whatever team-up movie they have. Yeah, so the, that's another Avengers-ish movie. Yeah. So that should be what the next ones will be. Okay, so. well, we'll see. Uh, kind of alluded to it earlier, but Baldur's Gate 3 got revealed. I like the fuck out of those games. I'm super fucking excited. No, no games are sort of like Fable. Uh, closer to Diablo. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're old, old PC games, like mid '90s PC games, if I remember correctly. Maybe not mid '90s, but like definitely late '90s for late sure. Late '90s. Okay. Uh, THQ Nordic announced that they're rebooting Destroy All I Humans. I saw that. Yeah, I like Destroy All Humans a lot. Those games are fun. It'll, so. it'll be a fun game. Yeah. It'll be a fun game. So I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, did you see Bradley Cooper split? up with his I, did. I don't know if it was his girlfriend or if it was his wife I felt like that was his wife okay I don't well, give a fuck though I do like Bradley Cooper but I, don't I like Bradley Cooper a lot uh, the I, only reason that I even put this in here is because Kayla got really excited about it because she was like he loves Lady Gaga I was like maybe you know but, well, maybe maybe but that to, uh, that's shitty like that, to me that that's shitty I don't know man <laughs> I, I don't fucking know I think that's just his girlfriend I don't think they were um, oh, okay yeah uh, the Good Place is ending after season four. Uh, that kind of sucks. I like The Good Place. I so, think that show's funny as hell. Um, season one was funny as fuck. I tried to get my wife to finish start season two with me, and she uh-huh. wasn't interested anymore. But they said it was a twist to season two, so yeah. I'm going to yeah. finish it because it I definitely, like it. It becomes something that I never expected it to become. Well, I didn't expect season one to end like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but but I like it. I do like it, so I'm gonna finish that. Uh, the last one I had here, uh, I just this was really interesting. To me, Billboard is debuting a chart for songwriters and producers. That's like very interesting because a lot of people don't really realize who write songs and yeah. who produce songs. Mm-hmm. And those songwriters, because you know, make this really fast. TLC had an issue about their money, right? Yeah. All right. Well. TLC, did you write your fucking songs? You didn't write your songs. Yeah. But but they said, well, you know, because we made these songs, people um, listen to it because of us. That is an assumption. Yeah, that is an assumption. Because we don't know how somebody else would have done those songs. Yeah. And, and I'm not just picking on TLC. I love TLC. I like TLC. You know, but my point... Who doesn't? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't taste waterfalls, you know, because of them. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that people who write... They don't get the recognition like that they should. Yeah, we, I agree. we put too much on artists because we just assume that oh they sang this song and because of them no it's because whoever wrote that damn song. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and produced this song. Yeah. These yeah. producers and even with rap beats. Re- yeah, producers don't get the credit they deserve for at all. Unless you're fucking DJ Khaled because you put your no, fucking fuck, name on fuck everything. Fuck DJ Khaled. But anyway. So. Uh, that's all I have for rapid fire. You got anything? No, I'm good. I'm good. We, we, cool. I can't wait for next week because next week is going to be what's up. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, last thing. <coughs> we'll knock this out real quick. Pick of the week. Uh, I'm picking Dead to Me. Watch yeah. that fucking show. Because you watch, watch it. that fucking show. I told you last week to watch it. It's <laughs> so good. It's so fucking good, man. <laughs> I told you that shit was something else. Yeah, um, man. That show is fucking something else. It's so good. It's so good. And I like I, I had been watching it with Kayla like on and off or whatever because she was the one who started. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I was like listening to the background and stuff like that. And then I'd, I'd keep finding myself like interested, you know, turning around watching this shit. And then I came in full blast with like episode three. And dude, I can't. I, I could told not you fucking that stop. Shit shit. Kiss, it's so Christina good. Applegate's the shit. She's the good. She's the best. Um, what about music? Anything? Uh. I haven't listened to anything that immediately, I'm like, yeah, you should jump on this. Jump on Silver Swan's pickup because you are the one who actually told me about yeah, them. I did. I yeah. Did. And they have a new album that dropped yesterday. And uh, I Is it, it really good? Um, I'm, I'll say this. Let me finish it. What I've heard so far, I liked. Okay. Um, but Handmaid's Sale, season three, came <laughs> out June 5th. And Sam Riddle, if you listen to this, you are wrong. This shit is fucking... <laughs> Closer to real life than you think because motherfuckers are crazy. Motherfuckers are I'm crazy. I'm telling you, and 
we're this close to this shit happening. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch the season. So um, finish that to me because, like I told you, that shit was fucking awesome. So good. And um, listen to Silver Sun's pickup. Uh, watch Handmaid's Tale season three. If you haven't watched one through two already, watch that first. You have to watch that first. But um, watch that to me. <laughs> Uh, that's it for us we will be back next week uh, follow us at all the Twitter things you know where they are um, if you don't there'll be like links in the, uh, the the show notes and stuff so and we should be getting on YouTube soon correct yeah uh, I mean God willing or money willing or something whatever whatever happens <laughs> whoever wants this to happen yes please let us so uh, but that's it we are out out <laughs>